Let's get down to business. Welcome to Profits and Purpose, a Colorado Business Roundtable production that unapologetically tells the stories of businesses good through conversations with Colorado's business leaders. Please welcome your host, the president of the Colorado Business Roundtable, Debbie Brown. We work to improve the business climate by unapologetically amplifying the voice of business. Through our podcast, Profits and Purpose, we're here to tell your story. And today we're here to tell a little bit more of the story and hear from Krista Zaharias, who is the CEO of Corrosion Integrity Solutions. So welcome, Krista. Thanks, Debbie. Great to be with you today. Um, Would love to hear just a little bit more about you. Tell us your story. All right. Um, I was born and raised in Ponca City, Oklahoma, which is a, an oil town. Um, it used to be the headquarters of Conoco a long time ago. Uh, I grew up there and ended up going to Texas A&M for school. I'm a chemical engineer by degree. Loved A&M. Very proud to be an Aggie. Uh, after school, started um, working in the industry uh, in engineering. And I came up through kind of the engineering and design world, working for some pretty big names, Wood, uh, Jacobs Engineering, now Jacobs, um, and and worked on projects that were pretty large capital projects, um, anywhere from 600 million to over a billion dollar projects. That was great introduction, both to engineering as well as the oil and gas industry. Spent about five years in Houston and then relocated to Colorado in 2008. Great move. My husband's from Golden, born and raised, and so he was happy to happy to get back. Worked for Jacobs here for a while. In 2015, uh, took a hiatus from Jacobs to spend time with some family, and then started my own company, Corrosion Integrity Solutions, and our mission. Um, is to assess and mitigate corrosion for upstream and midstream um, energy companies. The way that we do that is um, a lot of analytics, a lot of uh, looking at at what they do um, as far as their chemical programs, how they produce, what their uh, reservoirs are doing. And so we just, if they've got a problem or they think they have a problem or trying to optimize, we can go in and and advise them on that. Um, It's been an awesome four years with my company. We've gotten to do some really great projects with some good Colorado companies, um, a lot of West Texas work, just because that's where the work has been. Um, but it's really interesting how many of the assets are in West Texas, but the companies are, are here in Colorado. Um, so that's just been super rewarding, really feeling like we're able to help these companies maximize their assets, prevent failures, and just, you know, be better, better oil and gas stewards. And when you had your corporate career, did you dream of becoming an entrepreneur or starting a business? Or how did you end up slipping into that as, as kind of the next career move? I will say it was always something in the back of my mind that I would have liked to have worked for myself. So I didn't really get into corrosion. I dabbled it in school. And then it was something that was always interesting to me, especially on the materials side. But I had come up through instrumentation controls and then through project management on the engineering side. And so it was really just more an opportunity. Um, My business partner is in Texas and he had approached me to start this company. And he really had the corrosion and metallurgy background, whereas I had, you know, the process and project management background. And it was just kind of like the perfect opportunity to, to take that step as an entrepreneur. So it was, it was definitely something that was, I think you kind of always 
think, oh, it'd just be better to work for myself and have the flexibility and do all this stuff. And while that is true, there's also a lot of pressure <laughs> that comes with it too. So I definitely love it, love what we've been doing. And um, sometimes I miss the corporate world a little bit, just more for the interactions and the social and, and kind of the way that you can bounce a lot of ideas off of people and you get to see a big variety of things, but I wouldn't, wouldn't trade it. Yeah. I, and it's interesting. You think about, you know, you were saying the social aspect and getting to know other people. What the, I think the first place I've met you was through women in oil and gas association or called WOGA, which is a really wonderful group, several hundred women, if I'm right, who come from the oil and natural gas industry. Tell me more about WOGA because I, I also find you know, the camaraderie within the industry is really wonderful. You know, a lot of people, I think, trying to help each other with their careers and with furthering the industry's reputation and lots of different purposes. But t- tell me a little bit more about WOGA and your work with them. Um, yep. So Women in Oil and Gas Association is a grassroots Denver-based organization that started in 2013. The mission is really just to empower and advance women in in energy industry, excuse me. And um, I've been involved with them for about three years on their board. And it is a very unique organization, I feel like, in the camaraderie and in kind of the spirit of the organization. The thing that drew me to it is that it's not just a networking organization. They were really focused on providing technical content um, as well as making connections that lead to opportunities within the ener- energy industry. We've got a, almost 500 members right now, which is pretty amazing. Our board is super strong. I think that's the other real asset that we have is that it's the very, very cohesive board. And we're all really moving in lockstep in the same, you know, towards the same goals. So it's, it's been really great. And I do think it is a, an excellent example of the industry supporting each other, like really working together. We work with um, the Denver Petroleum Club. We work with Oil Field Helping Hands. So we're not just an insular organization either. We're really working, you know, with other organizations within the industry to, to make sure that we're providing the best content, that we're supporting our members. And then especially, you know, I've been a member of WOGA too, because I had done some work in oil and gas and really felt an affinity toward the women leaders that I met there. And a lot of them, like you, are owners of their own businesses. They do really interesting work in the industry. In the current environment, you know, we're already looking at problems because of COVID-19 with the economy. We're already focusing on short and long-term recovery plans and how to get businesses back in motion. Unfortunately, the oil and natural gas industry is under even an additional burden because of what's been happening internationally and with supply. What's your sense of the oil and natural gas industry and and whether it's from just your viewpoint as a CEO or through the viewpoint of WOGA and what what people are saying, what's your hope uh, in the next short term for the industry and how are we going to be able to see our friends um, move through this and, and hopefully have some optimism in the next couple of years. I think it's going to be tough. Fortunately, COVID is kind of like the double whammy for some pain that we were already feeling in the industry. Producers were really uh, taking advantage of the price of oil, and they, as they should have been, but definitely had some balance sheets that were a little bit out of balance and were you know, providing more than the demand was requiring. And so we were already had a lot in storage and the price of oil wasn't super strong. Um, And now with COVID, we're just, it's really going to hurt. I had made the comment to my husband that even if everything 
turned back on tomorrow and we went back to life as normal, it would, it would take probably at least a year for us to get back to where we were. And with that not happening, I think it's going to be a couple year recovery. And what's going to be interesting is to see who survives, um, what kind of mergers and acquisitions there might be, because that will really affect what the long term looks like. And then who's around when they want to, you know, turn the spigot back on and what that's going to do to the consumer, because it it will eventually make it more expensive. Um, You can't just shut in a well that costs money uh, trying to bring it back on um, costs money. Usually your production is considerably less than before you shut it in. So there's a lot of implications um, to trying to reduce your production. And can you even narrow it down to one big challenge or is it, are there just a handful that all are intertwined? I, I think it's not just one. Yeah. There's only one, unfortunately, because there, because of the lack of demand right now, um, companies are really having to make some hard decisions about personnel, about what assets to maintain. It's going to be, hard decision-making and there's going to be a lot of people that, that won't have a job um, just because the companies don't have the capital um, and they, they don't have the need. You know, if you're, if you're shutting in 40% of your wells, that's operations people, that's accounting people that it goes all the way up the chain. There's definitely not a, a silver magical bullet and there's, there's no one real cause um, it's a combination and, and kind of this perfect storm of a lot of things happening, including, you know, what's happening internationally with a little bit of the price war between Russia and Saudi and OPEC's made some strides to, to limit production, which will help, but it's almost, you know, a little bit too little too late. So I think we're going to feel the pain here. It's kind of reminds me a little bit of 2015, but exponential and that I think companies are just going to get really lean and they're going to figure out ways to, to survive the best way that they can um, keep the best people and, and hopefully be there when everything looks up. And it, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be in a couple of years. I, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be in a couple of months. Yeah, I think it's interesting to think about different recovery times for different industries and some that are potentially thriving right now. I think about the tech sector in particular who you know, there's a demand now for technology and uh, some other services that there wasn't before because of distance learning and some of the ways we have to actually have people have more technology because they're working from home. Some sectors seem to be able to kind of get through the crisis more where you said oil and gas, I think could probably be at the end of the curve. What do you think? um, and, And what's fascinating too, Krista, I know you and I worked on some some issues the last three or four years on the political threats to the oil and natural gas sector. And now it just feels like I kind of wish for those days, don't you? When it was just that. Because right? I know that seemed like such a, I mean, it was, it was a big crisis at the time, but I mean, nobody saw this coming. No. And I, it is kind of interesting, right? It's, it's a little bit the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. And I feel like when we're working on the, political side and, and trying to educate people and inform people. That's, that's really clear cut. It's, it's, this is what happens if you do this. This is what happens if you do this. We're just not, that's not what we're dealing with here. We just don't know. Um, we don't know when people will really be able to go back to work and start driving again and flying again and doing all those things that consume energy that support our industry. We don't know that. And so I, I certainly think that, you know, Colorado, has been politically a challenge for the oil and gas industry. 
Um, and we've had some victories and we've, we've had some losses. And I think that that there was some uncertainty here that was already affecting the industry specifically here in Colorado. I don't know if that'll be compounded by COVID or if people will kind of realize the importance of the energy sector. And I don't really know how that's going to shake out. I think all of the rulemaking has kind of been put on hold because everybody's suspended essentially on the government side. Now that uncertainty that we were hoping would kind of get finished towards the end of summer when they were supposed to have the rulemaking done Maybe that extends another six months or another year. I don't really know what the plan is for that. So that could be another factor, especially in Colorado, that that could impact any sort of recovery. Right. And I even think that there's still on the radar some potential legislation, you know, at the state capitol when they come back, you know, that could still be in play. There's still potential ballot measures that could be in play, you know, not to totally depress us some more, but it's, it's interesting to think about like folks like you are going to be really valuable to talk about the impact that the business community within oil and gas has already had with all, I mean, we still aren't done with the, like you said, the rulemaking on Senate bill 181. So to just keep adding on more hindrances to business you know, yeah. it's sort of like kicking you while you're down. I really hope our elected officials can see that. I mean, they're they're going to see the impact that it's already having. I mean, we're seeing bankruptcies. We're seeing layoffs. This is a time to support the industry, not, and I, I absolutely believe that we already operate in a very stringent health and safety sphere. Um, and I understand some of the logic behind the rulemaking, but this isn't the time to make doing business in Colorado more difficult. It's definitely the time to, to support a sector that provides, I think, like 13% of our GDP in Colorado. I mean, it's a, it's a large number. And the number of people that are employed is a large number. Um, we just need to do, do our best to let those people work when we can't get back to work. And really, you know, critical infrastructure as well. So hopefully we're able to do our part. I know from my perspective with Colorado Business Roundtable, we are very, very proud to support the oil and natural gas industry and all the employees that work within it because we understand how critical the industry is to not only the economy, but to our quality of life. So count on us as allies going forward. I mean, I always have been an ally, as you know, Krista, but definitely more of an ally from kind of this broad-based business coalition that we have now to help support, you know, all the different recovery efforts that need to be made for oil and gas. Yeah. And and that's going to be so necessary and so appreciated. Um, we're really going to have to, I mean, I think we did a really good job of coming together as an industry and with our industry supporters when we went through, you know, Prop 112 and SB 181. So I think it's just going to be a continuation of those relationships and that support. And it's, it is going to be very important. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things we're working on, well, and actually it's the title of our podcast, Profits and Purpose, you know, understanding how profits play a role in actually just keeping businesses afloat in the case of oil and gas right now. And then purpose a little bit more about how companies um, have, have a purpose, everything from understanding how they treat their supply chain to hiring employees to understanding their impact on the environment and their community, all those things go hand in hand. So we're happy to help tell that story as well. So um, any, any way, if somebody is looking for, for your company, what's your website or how can people get involved in WOGA? Maybe give us a plug for both those before we wrap up. 
Okay, awesome. Yep, and corrosionintegritysolutions.com is our website, and it gives you a little bit of information about the company and the services that we provide. Um, and we do kind of run the gamut of everything corrosion involved. Our niche is that we do everything inside the pipe. So there's a lot of companies that do external coatings, cathodic protection, things like that. We don't do that. We do everything inside the pipe, which makes us unique. And our job is much more difficult because you can't just see what's happening on the inside. So yeah, come find us there. Also on LinkedIn, uh, either you can find me, Chris Zaharias, or the company page. And I'd love to tell you more about the business and the services we offer. Unfortunately, one of the things that we are pursuing on the marketing side or business side right now is um, helping companies uh, mothball their facilities if they're having to shut down production and shut down facilities. So we can assist in that to maintain the integrity of your system and make sure that when you are ready to, to turn it back on, it's good to go and you won't have a bunch of leaky pipe. So, and then for WOGA, um, it's WOGA colorado.org and we have some great virtual events coming up we've got one with um jamie dander mckinney she's doing empower hour next week which is going to be great it is open only to woga members so join if you aren't one um and it's totally free woga is sponsoring it and it's just going to be an hour in the afternoon tuesday to friday um that jamie's going to present on the four M's and it's a, it's just a really great webinar for our members. And then we'll have some other virtual events coming up in May. We're going to do a resume and LinkedIn profile review, which I think is going to be a timely, it is timely event. Yeah. And we're excited. We're organizing that and we'll start advertising it here. Um, actually maybe today, tomorrow. So good WOGA stuff coming up as well. Um, we want to make sure we're there to support women in the industry during this you know, more difficult time. Perfect. And I remember a fond memory for me with WOGA was your golf clinic last fall that sold out. I couldn't believe how many women in oil and gas who were brushing up on their golf skills. So hopefully we'll be able to get out, get out again soon and have chance to connect, you know, all together. That's, awesome. that's my hope for this summer. Us as well. We, we actually just had a board meeting and we're talking about, you know, trying to get some things planned, even if we don't, you know, a hundred percent know that we're going to be able to, to do them when we want. We'll still be planning our um, clay shoot clinic, our golf clinic. Um, we're doing some other stuff for late fall that we're, we're trying to, to get organized now. So look for those upcoming events as well. Perfect. Well, Krista, thanks so much for joining us. We definitely love telling the story of entrepreneurs and business and here's hoping for a speedy recovery and a full recovery for the oil and natural gas industry, for sure. And anything we can do, we really are honored to be allies. So I just want to, for our listeners, um, thanks for joining the Colorado Business Roundtable podcast called Profits and Purpose. And we're here to tell the story that business is good. This has been a presentation of the Colorado Business Roundtable. Be sure to check out all of our episodes on Podcatchers Everywhere at cobrt.com. Our technical producer is John Ekstrom and Deaf Communications. Thank you for listening to Profits and Purpose.